You're listening to What She Said, a podcast about blogging, creativity, and life online, hosted by me, Lucy Lucraft, a freelance journalist and blogger based in Brighton. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. So, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, could you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your career journey today? Um, Yes. Uh, Oh, where to start? Um, So, I am Emily Sharp on Instagram, um, Emily Friedrich Sharp, and I am a filmmaker. Um, I've been kind of freelancing for years, but in the last um, year or so, I started working full-time at Whaler, which is an influencer marketing company. Um, and I do all of their in-house content and videos. Um, and then Instagram's just been my hobby for, I don't know, about four years now, although technically it's now my job. So I'm in that weird sort of limbo where it's like, yeah. <laughs> do I relax here or do I work here? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> you make it sound really, really simple, but it's um, actually just a really fascinating, really fascinating career because you, yeah, like you say, you're both an influencer um you create mm. I suppose, photography content and you also yeah. um work on the other side where you're helping create these amazing campaigns with whaler with influencers i mean yeah i love that you straddle those both those both sides yeah. i always describe it like, um it feels like i've gone to oz and looked behind the curtain <laughs> it really does it's so weird I mean I think it's um it's a little bit easier for me because I don't actually work on um the commercial like campaign side of things Mm. um I mean I do because we're a we're a tight-knit group and we're all in the same office but that's not my actual job so um we have got um like lots of lovely mostly we're actually pretty much a almost all female company um so we've got lots of lovely ladies who work on the campaigns um and some of them are influencers as well so that that definitely a very complicated for them <laughs> but, yeah um, yeah no I work on like in-house content so I guess that kind of keeps at least that that like um the, the content's still the kind of key thing yeah. that's at the heart of everything so I guess it it makes it a little bit less complicated but yeah it is weird it is weird but it's cool (laughs) I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the um how did I describe it influencer scene and I actually meant the influencer landscape (laughs) because influencer scene just sounds really cliquey and gross um (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah so I would say I was talking to Barb um who is her internet this morning just about Instagram Mm. um and I don't know when that'll be released but around the same time as yours um Mm. and we were talking about just how much or actually when we were talking it just really struck me how much the Instagram landscape has changed massively from Mm. certainly from when I started out as a blogger um but even when I started to take my Instagram seriously which was only about a year 18 months ago maybe almost two years ago now and we were saying how, well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> and it made me think about the fact that it, an influencer didn't used to be just on Instagram. If you were an influencer, in fact, that's kind of a new word as well, isn't it? 
Um, but it's yeah, certainly, it you yeah. wouldn't have imagined someone would make their entire living out of just Instagram and not even have a blog. That's such yeah, a new yeah, concept. Yeah, that's the thing, that we're also tied to that one little app. Mm. And I wondered from your point of view, seeing it on the other side. Yeah. Um, yeah, like what what kind of trends are you seeing and how is that landscape from your point of view, from working with an influencer? And I know you don't do it directly as in picking out influencers, yeah. but from your knowledge and expertise on the whaler side, on agency side, how do you look at influencers yeah. and, and who's valuable and who is an up and coming person? And do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's, yeah. it's not a very well worded question. <laughs> no, no. It's like, it's more of just a topic for discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> um I think I mean it first it really has changed um I mean that's just so I think we can all see that just in in when we spend time on the app just how like yeah just how the whole landscape really has changed but um yeah I mean when I think about it because I started I think I got Instagram in um I I know when I got Instagram actually it was on the um 11th of um September 11th of September 2011 because um Instagram I I've like one day at work I was sort of just pottering around and looking at all the settings on Instagram and you know they they keep a record of everything and you can access it including the date you signed up oh wow yeah so anyway I saw that date and I think I signed up at like 1101 or something really weird so it was like 11 11 11 11 wow <laughs> it was really creepy um yeah but um, yeah, so I've been on Instagram since 2011, um, but I think I started taking it a bit more seriously in um, about 2014, 15, mm-hmm. but I didn't take it seriously like as Instagram. It was just, or I guess I did because Instagram created that culture of just being a, a hobbyist photographer. Mm. Um, and then it's so interesting as well to think about the fact that Instagram has like invented this new way of creating content where it's all about like the cohesion of content um I'm slightly I know I'm like I'm really not roundabout answering your question I'm just sort of nattering away but I was like yesterday or the day before when was it about two days ago I was um I was doing a workshop with one of the videographers that I work with um and he he was teaching me how to color grade and this is technically going somewhere but basically we were watching um a clip from the theory of everything and he was talking about um, the way it was graded in, in, in different scenes. And when, when I was talking to him, I realized that, that I, I, you know, I, I might spend so much time and I've spent so many years um, sort of curating content on Instagram. But essentially what I've learned is a very specific skill, which is to, to create something that looks cohesive. So to replicate, make that same thing again and again. Um, but but when somebody's making a film, say, they'll they'll grade each scene to be appropriate to whatever's happening in that scene. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really interesting. So when yeah. when we're all curating our grid to a certain aesthetic or whatever, actually, what yeah, what we've learned is is that like skill in and of itself that we can yeah. Wow. I mean that. So yeah, firstly, there's that which is the skill that we've all learned is like actually really quite a, an amazing skill, mm. and that it's this really weird new new niche thing that yeah you kind of have to you cultivate when you when you get into Instagram but also that it's something that's like really not applicable in many other like sort of visual outlets Mm. or kind of artistic outlets 
I mean, I guess it is, though, to an extent when you think of sort of Picasso or whatever mm. and they have their, like, signature style. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it just struck me. And and I think that's definitely something that, particularly since the algorithm, you know, the algorithm, um, <laughs> that's become even more important um, because, obviously, before we all used to talk about that top nine, you know, the importance of the top nine. Yeah. Um, and, like, being able to basically capture someone's attention and and get them to follow you from that initial sort of preview but now now I think you sort of grab followers by by riding an algorithm wave most of the time and you ride that kind of algorithm wave by taking whatever picture it is that somehow basically just explodes and does really well so it really now is so much more about visual trends I think um yeah, that was something that Bob uh, mentioned as well, because I think even when I started taking Instagram seriously, it was very much about the top nine and mm. making sure that every picture that you posted um, matched an aesthetic that you wanted to portray. Um, and yeah, I like your brand. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's really what it came down to. And I still subscribe to that kind of thinking in terms of I just really enjoy curating my grid I really enjoy it um but it is about it is now about being a step ahead um yeah and not piggybacking on the trends but yeah like challenging yourself and getting out of your creative comfort zone yeah and Bob was talking about um the very strange see she's brilliant at this but I just don't really get out of my Instagram echo chamber much um Ooh. but she was talking about the whole movement of people who I don't know something to do with sounds and what? like oh what ASMR that that yeah <laughs> I'd never yeah. heard of it I was like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah, no, like, well I mean I think ASMR is that specifically that thing of whispering is it oh is it whispering whispering? yes I read about this there's a whole yeah there's a whole um there's loads of people doing that uh, on YouTube everywhere yeah and just on the internet which it's really creepy I watched um I'll in the show notes I'll link to an episode of explained on Netflix where they talk about it it's like a 10 minute I love explained it's It's so so good good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've watched the ASMR episode though but yeah I love explained (laughs) I think I think it actually is uh, the title is whispering and I think it might even be the first one but I'll I'll link to it in the show notes and I'll send it to you separately (laughs) (laughs) yeah do so let's go back to filmmaking which um Mm. is one of your amazing skill sets I just do not I'm so in awe of people that can edit a film. I can't edit anything. It's terrible. I hate it. You edit this podcast? Or I hope you do, because I'm making some really rambly answers. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have an editor now who does it for me. But up until until this season, um, Mm. I edited everything myself. But Mm. audio is so much easier to edit. Video is so hard. I Mm. And also... You know, it's not just about editing. I can certainly stick something in iMovie and um, clip out the errors. Um, but you make amazing, like, you make films, which is completely different. <laughs> it's yeah. completely different. It's so, I find it so hard. Um, Tori, Unfold the Day. Oh, no, she's not Unfold yeah. the Day anymore. Tori, the stories of Tori. She yeah. is brilliant at video content. What um, is she? I need to catch some of that yeah have a look at her she does a lot of little IGTVs and I think she might even be on YouTube now but 
even just in her stories she's so creative I don't Mm. think she even thinks she is but do have a look (laughs) at her um what are your best tips Oh, tips for for filmmaking? Yeah, but but it's really, you know, simple tips for somebody like me who, because I find it super overwhelming, the thought of IGTV or YouTube or anything, but everybody knows that video content is important. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's a good question. Um, I guess it, I guess it depends. Wow, yeah, I've never really thought of it like that because I guess it depends on what you you know what's compelling you to make video content because I suppose we're also used to this thing of um um Instagram having normalized or not normalized but like popularized um just being a photographer or being into Mm. photography um but obviously because it's not a video platform or it's not a video platform first although it's becoming far far more video based now particularly obviously with stories but um yeah I guess I haven't really thought of um because i Sorry, I'm really rambling. No, um, it's fine. I suppose, I suppose when, when I, I never like thought, I knew I wanted to work in film when I was um, in sixth form. Um, so at that 16, 17, 18 age. And then I left school at, at 18 to sort of like, go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really, obviously had no idea how, and I still have no idea how that all worked out. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely, I know it's like such a cliche, but it's definitely one of those like, I really don't know how I, how I got here. Because <laughs> um, there's like, there's, I suppose I know that all kind of career journeys or, or any kind of like, yeah, personal progress is, is there's never like a linear path, but yeah. particularly with something as like often with creative industries, but particularly with something as like um, there aren't as, or at least traditionally there haven't been as many avenues into filmmaking. So mm. it's definitely something that I think, um, still has a higher bar for entry yeah you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? yeah definitely or, I don't mean that as in like you need to be really good at it to do it from the off I mean it's just something that's less like normalized in in those corners yeah. um in the same way that kind of Instagram and photography is but um in terms of tips um oh like do you start off with if if so the sort of things that I create, the content that I create, and I want to create some more IGTVs on specific topics around um, helping people live a more sustainable life um, mm. that's fun because I, I never want to be preachy. Or, or, for example, vegan tips. I get a lot of questions about vegan recipes, and I have never written about recipes because I hate food photography. But mm. it would lend itself quite well to an IGTV. Now, what the barrier for me is, I don't know what angle to film it from. How do you, should I make it not one long, boring, rambling clip? Or should I break it up with some, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So how um, would you go about? I guess, I guess. So if you're making content that's very much, um, uh, it, it's more um, topic based, I guess, rather than uh, what I'm getting at is it, it's not just like a holiday video like yes. this is how pretty my holiday was so um so if that's the kind of video content you're making I think um firstly just as like um, a housekeeping tip definitely put subtitles on um mm. not just so that it's something that everybody can enjoy um regardless of you know whether they can hear it you know whatever but also because often in in um situations we all know that like 
you know, you might be flicking through your phone at work and, you know, so you've not got audio on. So definitely put captions on. Um, and it depends on what you're using to edit. I don't know if there are any, maybe I can look it up and we can put it in show notes if there are any good apps like for putting captions onto videos like in your phone. But otherwise I know that iMovie definitely has that you can just yeah. like put those text boxes over the top and just overlay them type in what's being said um and then I'd say that in terms of like not wanting it to be you know wanting it to be at least like visually engaging um yeah avoiding like a static shot is always nice but there's there's nothing you know there's there's something to be said for not kind of overcomplicating it too much mm. so I guess it's it's it I think from my point of view, a lot of it is, ironically, I, I'm, I think I'm more interested in editing, um, even though I've kind of like, come at, I come at it from that, like, I normally, I take all my content for Instagram, but I don't actually, often when I make films, particularly at work, I don't actually personally do the video, like, do the, the filming. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been something that I've um, embraced in the last, like, year or so more. Um, because I think when you're a freelancer in a creative industry, you feel really um, like you need to be a jack of all trades and kind of, I guess, in the same way that you've got somebody editing the podcast now, it's like, know your weaknesses yeah. or know what you, what you enjoy more or what you're, you know, what you're good at and what you're not so good at. And I definitely don't um, dislike like doing that, doing the sort of the video work you know, the camera operating. Um, but I'm just, I've, I've never sort of had a real um, flair for it or, yeah. or even like as much of a passion for it, um, which is weird. I still find that weird because I'm obsessed with like Instagram and photography. So it, it's slightly counterintuitive, but um, yeah. So I'd say when it comes to editing something, I'd just get your static shots, say, eh? if you're doing this kind of like using the example of the vegan, um, maybe like tutorial on sort of cooking something, um, get your, your sort of your static shot where you can speed it up and slow it down depending on what part of the process you're, you're going through um, and just try and like actually the better, better thing to do because it'd be more fun to edit with is just to keep the shot identical and then you can make fun jump cuts and like have things appear say like if you kept, if you literally got your phone and like rested it up against the wall you could film yourself making something but you could even like play around with you know you name an ingredient and then you to the camera say and then you go off and grab it and then just in the jump cut the ingredient appears Uh, I see what you mean so you wouldn't necessarily stop um stop the filming and then go and get the thing you would leave it running the whole time and then when you edit it you can speed it up so it looks like the the ingredient has just appeared you you just cut out the middle bit cut out that middle bit because the key is just don't touch the camera and then the shot won't change. So it will like, it will just jump it. Like it'll pop almost as if it's popped in. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I mean, I'm just making it up as I go along, but like that's, that's like an e- definitely an easy way of like, it's minimal effort in terms of like camera angles yeah. and setup and this, that and the other. But like, again, like I, I think it, it, it comes back to the thing of, I definitely do find editing a lot like I'm a lot more interested in it but like you can do that kind of thing once you've got that static shot in the edit you can do sort of you can play around do silly fun things like that and also get um so do that static shot and then I would um once I've got all the bulk I would then go and get cutaways 
So I'd pick up the phone. So say I'd film solidly for however long it takes, like 10, 20 minutes to do the, the whole thing from start to finish. And then I'd, once, once the whole thing was captured, pick up the phone, move it for the first time, say, or whatever, um, or pick up the camera, depending on what you're using. And then, then go and get little, um, close ups and cutaways of the process. And then you can maybe even like, um, I think structuring a video, there should be a sort of like, um, a peak in the middle which you're kind of building up to where maybe you know the music can get more interesting or whatever's happening on on camera on like on screen can get a bit more visually exciting um so that's where you could do like a montage of like cutaways so um those are like those would be little shots of like maybe a spoon stirring whatever it is you're you're making or um pasta falling out of a packet onto the table you know yeah like, oh, I see yeah yeah do you know what I mean yeah 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 Oh, I so, love yeah. these tips. Yeah. These <laughs> are really like, good. <laughs> made up. But yeah, I guess it's just it's just thinking about it like um, don't overcomplicate it and don't yeah don't get too caught up in you know what's the best um, should I be doing um, a wide shot a close up like you know none of those really technical things. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't think about them. So. <laughs> but you, but um, I think because my videographer does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but do you do you when you create thinking about you as an influencer when you create content for your um, Instagram? Do you think about do you curate your grid? I mean, I guess you don't really because you've you've got a very specific style and it's probably just second nature. But do you think about do you start with the end in mind? Um, if that I makes sense. I'm really not. Yeah, that does make sense. But um, no, I I think I might have in the past put more time into curating my grid, but it's something that I've been doing for so long now. Like you say, it's kind of second nature. Mm. And also um, it's kind of like I'm not in like a sort of I don't care about it way, but in like I really the legwork's kind of been done. Yeah. So I'm sort of, I'm very practiced at like getting you know, take, seeing an image or finding an image or making an image that fits with the grid, like it would be kind of counterintuitive to, to, to make content that wouldn't, I guess, because I'm so like programmed to do it now. And then, yeah, in terms of like, yeah, grid planning, I'm not, I'm not a big grid, <laughs> grid planner. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds really bad. I'm like, I definitely put effort into my Instagram, I promise, guys. Um, I think it's really, really cool though when, when, when people do. And I suppose actually thinking about it, I do because I do it for my job mm. at Whaler. I do Whaler's Instagram and I pre-plan that. Like I've got every piece of content planned for November and um, in theory, I should be planning December. <laughs> um, so I think again, it's like, it's part and parcel of that now being my day job as well, that yeah. um, maybe I've stepped back a bit from, you know, I've just, I'm, I think I approach Instagram like my own Instagram with a lot more kind of just try to be a bit more relaxed about it. And, yeah. Not relaxed, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but I think relaxed is a good thing. I don't, it doesn't mean unprofessional, yeah. does it? I think that's yeah. that's appropriate, completely appropriate, yeah. because you've been doing it for such a long time now. Um, and I do mm. think that there's something to be said for just doing what feels natural to you. I still, I still have a lot of self doubt, and um, and, and but also enjoy the process. So I still very much plan mm. my my grid out, um, and it's a but. It, but I also hold it quite lightly. I don't really worry too much about what I'm posting. And like you say, you enjoy the process. Yeah. So that's 
that's essentially should be the the, the driver. Yes. Um, and I definitely know that in the past I've 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 grid planned a lot more. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, now I think I've got to the point where I'm a little bit looser with it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say from your experience as an influencer and working with brands? Because you were a, a whaler influencer, you were on their books as it were before you were working for them as one of the team. Yeah. Um, in your experience, what would you say are the best ways for people to to for let me try and reword this a bit better. For somebody like um, somebody starting out on Instagram, taking it seriously with a beautiful, beautiful photography, great engagement. And I'm thinking about some of the people that I follow who have like 1,500 followers, 2,000 followers or whatever. Mm. You know, I don't have very many, but there are people who have less who are much, much better than me. Yeah. But who offer a lot of value to a brand but obviously yeah. they're never going to be able to well not never they're not going to be able to work for agencies like Waylar because there's there's limits and it would be ridiculous to have yeah. zero limits what would you say are the best ways to I guess show your worth and also and work with brands mm. and start monetizing well, I think I think that um this is like essentially part of a really important question for the for the industry um, <laughs> but um I think it I think it boils down to um how much we value the account and its engagement versus the content itself and so I guess by that I mean like what I, I'd be interested to know or to see if if things shift to a sort of dialogue where we talk more about a base rate that's set for your content creation as in for the quality of images or photography or video or whatever it is you're you're doing for the brand Mm -hmm. and then you add on the influence right yes yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a really interesting model it would democratize a lot more I think so. Mm. I mean, again, don't quote me on this because I, I, yeah, I'm just making it up as I go along. But that <laughs> would be interesting because I think um, I know that that from working at Whaler, we definitely um, are beginning to, in the last year, also, um, there's been much more of a sort of um, proliferation of kind of content only campaigns. Mm-hmm. So that is essentially where um, brands are paying influencers to create content for them that the influencers have no obligation to share on their platforms therefore they're not actually using them as influencers they're using them as content creators yeah, yeah. um and and the reason for that is um because brands want content that will work well on instagram and who better to go to than people who know how to make content that does well on instagram yeah um so it, it but it's definitely something that um has kind of just started to appear and become so much more um, of a thing with a lot of the campaigns we do. So yeah, I'd be interested if we do ever get to a point as as an industry, not just as Whaler, where we start thinking about it as, or his, you know, what's your base rate for your content? Because you know, I, I think of influencers that I know or um, Instagrammers. I don't know. What do we call it? What do we call ourselves? Um, <laughs> but, um, I, mean, I think of 
ones, um, yeah, photographers that I know who are freelance photographers outside of Instagram. Mm. So they they know how to. I was actually chatting to um, Hannah Boulevant about this mm-hmm. um, a few weeks ago because I filmed with her for um, an object project, um, one of the hashtag projects I do with Raina. For anybody who doesn't know, um, <laughs> and um, uh, and we were chatting about um, this, you know, the age old thing of how do you know what to charge. And, and we ended up sort of hitting on the fact that I think people who are freelancers or have been freelancers before, um, they, yeah, they definitely just have, they're just ahead of the game when it mm. comes to knowing how to, yeah, how to price, how to price their work. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Because yeah. she was saying, yeah, it really is, a, it is a skill. And like, again, it, tie, it ties into that thing that we were chatting about before, um, just before where we were talking about, you know, knowing how much your your work and and your time is worth yeah but also yeah uh, you know in the in the context of charity things as well like we were chatting about before it's just difficult um it's such a hard thing that thing of valuing valuing yourself but yeah I think for these smaller accounts um I know that Wayla when I signed up um I signed up three years ago now um that and it was like a really I always think of it as like um, you know Mahabis slippers. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slippers. I have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it's, it's such a weird one, but I've I've still got my pair of these slippers, and um, essentially they're the reason why I have the job I've got today. <laughs> um, because <laughs> it's like a really weird, like roundabout way of looking at it, but it's definitely true because um, they approached me on Instagram. Um, well, actually. The longer version of the story is that um, Harrison, my boyfriend, his mum bought him a pair of these beautiful slippers for, for Christmas a few years ago, about, well, it must be like three or four years ago now. And I was so jealous. I really, really, really wanted a pair. And I made that very known. And um, <laughs> I followed Habit on Instagram and I saw all these people doing like, you know, the beginnings of, I wouldn't have called it like influence marketing because I don't think it even properly existed in like or it did but it wasn't something we really really all knew about I think I would have probably just thought that it was like a gifted situation Mm. kind of um because I remember when like the only people who did anything that vaguely resembled influence in marketing were you know like me and Orla and Hannah Argyle and people Mm. like that who were bigger much bigger earlier on and they were doing these kind of like and it was all like on a one-to-one basis with the brands Mm. um and I saw that Mahabis were doing like a, a whole kind of insta drive and I followed them and then they asked, um, weirdly enough, they approached me to share and said, can, can we share a picture of yours on our feed? It was just a picture of like the sea in Ireland or something. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then that started a conversation where they said, oh, would you like to do a campaign with us? And I was like, um, definitely. Yes, I'll do it for free. I just want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so keen. Um, and I mean, they, disclaimer, they did pay me, obviously. They're not like, you know, they weren't not paying people for their work um but they basically said we if you want to do it we work through Wayla because they'd obviously they were one of the first brands that was doing it that decided to use a platform to streamline mm-hmm. the, the the process um and interestingly I don't know if you know this but Wayla actually started because the two co-founders of Wayla had a watch company that was a bit like um uh Daniel Daniel Wellington, Wellington. no Wellington. way Oh my they goodness, I did not know that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that thing of like um, an Insta watch company. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Their biggest, <laughs> yeah. 
their biggest like way of I, I believe basically I believe like the the way the watch the whole like marketing plan for the watch was basically Instagram Instagram yeah. Instagram Instagram and so they did that and then they were like hey we're like the more valuable thing we're doing like or you know something that's clearly got value in it is is this thing of doing influencer marketing mm. um, campaigns. So we should turn what we already do as our own like watch marketing structure into a company in itself. Um, so that's how they started. But anyway, Mahabis approached me to do this thing. They were like, you've got to sign up to Whaler to do it. Um, so I signed up to Whaler and yeah, three years later, I worked there. That's I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about... Um like influencer marketing but actually what struck me when you were talking is that I would love to briefly chat about um oh I've got a bit of an echo hang on yeah I think it's gone yeah so I would love to briefly talk about the what we were talking about offline before we started recording which was about the fact that when you have there's a there's a conversation around money that's happening which is really really great and it's so important for content creators to value themselves and their work and to be char- and to be charged for their work to uh, be paid for their work properly to be compensated properly yeah. however yeah. i think there's something that is getting a little bit lost in it and and i think it's i think it's a real shame which is that sometimes it's good to listen to your to your gut and your intuition and not to feel ashamed if for example and I personally am very much of the opinion that if if something is a value to you then then it's a value to then it's a value and you don't have to justify why you've accepted a watch (laughs) as payment for your content creation if that's of value to you where it's Mm. not okay is if if you know, people aren't paying you for your work and you want them to pay, you know, you've asked for a fee and they've shamed you into, you know, whatever. And I, and what's not okay is the yeah. kind of wall of silence that sometimes happens where brands play influencers off against each other and, and don't pay them fairly and expect you to all keep silent. However, I think if, if something... You know, there's some really important conversations happening on Instagram, as well as some of the horrible conversations that are happening on Instagram as well. Um, because I, I say this from my echo chamber of where I, I only see what I, what I want to see, which is all quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Um, but there's some really important conversations happening around ethics and um, climate change and sustainability and living plastic free and living more low impact. Um, and mm. if, for example, there was a way that I could support a brand. In fact, I am supporting a brand and I'm not being paid for it. I'm. It's going to be a gifted collaboration because because I really want to I really want to share them with my with the people who follow me. Um, yeah. And I know it's going to do something impactful. Now they're not a charity; they're a brand, so they have a budget. They just—it's mm. a very small budget, and I'm—I'm I'm okay with that. It's not a problem for me. Mm. And you know what? I'm—it's not my full-time job, so I'm in a very privileged yeah, position it's, where, it's, yeah, yeah. It's the bottom, like you said. It, the bottom line is that thing of: Do you feel valued? Mm. And if you feel valued in the situation, then then that's all that matters. You know, I guess. I guess it also brings back that thing of, you know, 
you don't just have to be gaining financial reimbursement from something. Mm. Um, I know that's quite like, again, like you say, you can, uh, you know, that comes from a privileged place being able to say that. But yeah, I think when we're both compensated, I'm talking add a disclaimer that we're both compensated for our work outside of Instagram. So yeah. we don't, we don't pay our rent or mortgage, whatever through Instagram. So it's completely yeah. understandable yeah. if, if that is your only way of paying your bills that you, yeah. it's a harder decision to make, but yeah, sorry, yeah. carry on. <laughs> no, no, totally. That's a really good disclaimer. I, uh, yeah, but I, I, and I think it's one of those things where, where you have to remember that because we're like in this context, I think we're, we're beginning to talk more about the sort of like bigger accounts who mm. are pay, like you say, paying the mortgage or the rent or whatever through the work they do on Instagram. Um, and you sort of, you think of it, I guess it, the funny thing is because of that whole kind of like Insta influencer culture of like, you know, the, the couple that seems to endlessly backpack and, you know, all that kind of whatever, that cliche. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, it, I think that, yeah, you think of somebody who's got a big following on Instagram, who's earning off of it with brands, you think of it as very glamorous and as very like highly compensated, financially compensated, which it, which it is, but you forget that, that, yeah, Instagram's their full-time job. And so it pays the bills, it mm. pays the mortgage. So mm. yeah, they're being paid really well for it. And that's great. And and they are privileged and they're, they're, they are very lucky to be, to be able to make a living doing that. But it is still there. It's still them making a living. They're not making like the extra fun stuff money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Yeah. there's not some other job that they're doing in the background that pays the bills and the mortgage, et cetera. And then all the Instagram collaborations just there for fun. Um, but I do so, think so like you that, say, yeah, it is really serious, you know, yeah. But I do think that sorry, every, all of us, no, 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 sorry, I interrupted you. I, I do think that um, all of us, especially those of us who are privileged and who are, in, in, you know, me and you, I don't want to presume <laughs> the environment that you're in, but I know that mm. I'm in a pretty safe environment in that mm. I can speak, advocate for other people. And I think whether Instagram is your full-time job or not, I don't yeah. think it's okay to sit back and say nothing on important matters, if those matters are important to you. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't say them in DMs and then, <laughs> and then not, and then not say them on your grid. Yeah, absolutely. And, and support the brands that, yeah. and causes. I think it comes back to, again, it is so interesting what you say, this thing of, I don't want to, God, I sound, I'm going to say, sound like the worst person in the world, but I don't want to like put a downer on the whole, like this, this, this sort of, um, what, how did we describe it? That, this kind of, um, the influencer landscape. No, not, not the, the thing of, um, this sort of very, um, hot topic of like, you know you've got to charge your worth right you know, yes 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 worth. yeah yeah yeah. So I really don't want to be like you know um you know some misery guts about it or like put a downer on it but I definitely think that it, it was really interesting what you said when we were chatting before about the fact that maybe it has um kind of um yes it's it's done a lot of good but it basically means that that's essentially what's at the back of people's minds at mm. all times yeah and so like you say when um, a collaboration or a opportunity comes along with a brand or a charity or whatever for a cause that's like just really fitting and really appropriate, say for you and your your values and your beliefs, and you've got a platform to share that on. It's a shame to think that the one thing that's stopping you is this sense of 
but I should, <laughs> but I should know mm. my worth and I should be being paid what I'm supposed because it's now been so drummed into us like yeah. this. And it, and again, yeah, it's that catch 22 of like, I don't want to say that, you know, it's only a good thing that we, that we're all learning to value ourselves more, but, but, but maybe that's another conversation to answer, you know, maybe we need to start a new conversation, a new strand of that conversation, which is, yeah, definitely know your worth value and like, and value your work, but let's talk about the nuances of that (laughs) yes that's a really good way of that's a really good way of putting it and probably a perfect place to end this conversation on so thank you so much for being a part of the podcast where can everybody find you online um i am i am one of those like you said instagrammers that doesn't actually even have a blog Um, (laughs) (laughs) so you can literally find me on instagram um, my Instagram username is literally my full name. So it's Emily Frieda Sharp. Um, because there is another Emily Frieda and there are loads of other Emily Sharps. <laughs> what can I do? Um, and where else? Um, I mean, Twitter. Twitter? Yeah, exactly the same username on Twitter. Although I'm quite crap at Twitter. But I, I'll, you know, if you, if you tweet me, I'll tweet back. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Instagram's mostly where I am. So yeah, like, come say hi and also um obviously I work at Whaler so if you have any Whaler related questions it's 90% of the time it's me in the inbox so yeah oh really (laughs) (laughs) I often like forget you know I'll be um you know like um Ridder or something will yeah and I'll be like hey and then she's like what why is Whaler sending me love hearts (laughs) you know whoever it is I've done that to sorry to everybody (laughs) anyway find me at Lucy Lucraft everywhere but I mostly hang out on Instagram you can find old episodes of what she said over at lucylucraft.com where you'll also find me chatting about all things blogging travel vegan life and zero waste living too lastly I know everybody asks this and it's a total pain in the ass but please think about leaving the show a rating and review it makes a huge difference to getting the show out to new listeners and for every review you leave I'll donate two pounds to charity So that's one pound for you and one pound from me. The chosen charity changes each month, so listen out for it in the intro each week. Thanks for listening.